Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Fremont, California. Welcome to the show, Neil Bawa. Thanks, Victor. Thanks for having me back on the, the Espresso Podcast. Really excited about the discussion today. Great to have you back. There's so many things we could talk about, and there's so many moving parts to the industry right now. And I know that you and your team at Grow Capitus do a lot of great work at analyzing not only local market conditions, but also macroeconomic picture. There's one in particular that you and I spoke about before today's episode that is getting a lot of headlines, and I think it's not very well understood. And that's the whole area of applying blockchain technology to real estate. And listeners are probably scratching their heads going, Huh? How does that work? That that doesn't make any sense. But maybe before we dive into that, give a little bit of background, some of the trajectory of your company over the last little bit since you were last on the show. We're now primarily developers. Like a lot of the people that you have on the shows, we started off in value-add multifamily, have a $200 million value-add portfolio, most of which is on sale or you know recently sold. And then we pivoted to development and we developed multifamily, we developed townhome projects. So Roughly a $500 million active portfolio with about $250 million in our pipeline. As I said, about 80% development, about 20% of that is value-added multifamily. So we like development and we're doubling down on it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we love development as well. It's the vast majority of what we do. And we see the opportunity to create a tremendous amount of value in today's market, where frankly, people are paying way too much for existing product and it makes development really compelling. Very compelling. Yeah, some good delta there. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the tokenization of real estate. Some people wonder, well, how could you use this technology? Do you use it to replace the land registry office, the county recorder office, to keep track of you know mortgages coming on and off title? Or where, where do you use tokens? Where does it make sense? Let's back up, right? Look at it from the 35,000 feet level. Our belief is, and this really is not tied to any product we offer today, so this is completely agnostic. You know, it's, it's a bet that we may make in the future. Tokenization, when it reaches critical mass over the next three to four years, is going to make real estate as liquid as stocks. Because what they're doing is they're using the brand name that blockchain has built of being a decentralized database that no one can control, governments can control it, there's that one part of it, but you know, you and I both know blockchain has lots and lots of issues when it comes to speed and some actually that comes to security as well. But really, this is all about taking a concept blockchain that already exists and has lots of tractions with several thousand companies, startups, you know, building technology on the blockchain and then taking a concept that also has existed for a long time, which is tokenization, which is simply you take a property, could be a multifamily, could be a single family home. More people are starting with single family home and you chop it up into $50 bits and you sell those bits off to people and then they can transact those bits just like they transact stock. So the blockchain concept isn't new. Tokenization isn't new. What's new is, is critical mass. What's new is people getting to the point where they're saying, we think now you can take real estate, a completely illiquid asset. And anybody who says real estate is liquid, I don't agree with them because think about it this way. What is liquidity, right, Victor? Liquidity is I pick up my phone and I talked with Victor and Victor said, you know what? There's a city called Destin, Florida. I mean, if anything you buy there is going to be gold, right? So I just heard it from Victor. 
I should be able to go there onto my phone and go to some app like E-Trade or Robinhood and tap a few things and bunch buy a bunch of homes, tap, 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 tap. That's liquidity in today's world. That's what the millennials believe is liquidity because I can do that with any stock. When I look at the amount of effort that I will need to expend to fly to Destin, talk to brokers, tour a dozen properties, find, make a dozen offers, buy one, then rehab that, then get to the point that we have cash flow. In my mind, real estate is at least 1,000 times less liquid than stocks are today. Well, that's absolutely true. But if you think about it, that's one side of it. But what you're describing, whether you call it a, a token, whether you call it a share certificate, uh, an interest in a limited partnership, you're talking about something that is classified as a security. And the Securities and Exchange Commission Correct. has a whole regulatory regime around it, of which there's really three categories. You have registered securities, that's like shares in General Electric or IBM. You have exempt securities, which is what we mostly deal with in the world of real estate. And then you have this third category called illegal. Right. Right. And so we obviously want to work in one of those first two. So unless you're in something like a registered security that can be highly liquid, you typically find them in REITs, you find them in publicly traded stocks, you don't typically find them in the world of crowdsourcing, although Regulation A is kind of on the cusp of being registered. It's changing things. You're right. So, so the answer is this. The government at this point appears to be very highly motivated, both the Biden administration and the, and the previous Trump administration, in making this kind of liquidity happen. So there's already regs that have changed in the last year, and then there's reg changes that are coming next year. And those reg changes, believe it or not, it is already legal for private companies to take a single family home. I'm going to give you an actual example in a minute of a company that's doing it. To take a single family home, they don't get any leverage on it. They basically buy it. You know, it's in Cleveland. They buy it for $100,000 and they take it and they break it into $50 tokens and they sell it. And you might say, how is that even legal, right? I mean, there's all these security laws. The answer is the government is allowing them to connect with a back-end securities company that is responsible for all of the security. This company that's doing this is not responsible for anything. And that's that's huge. That's a big change because regulation drives profit. Regulation drives velocity. So now that the government is allowing you to have these beautiful third-party software-driven portals that are built, anyone has the capability of buying a single-family home, a multifamily, even a parking lot that's making money and tokenizing it and selling it for 50 bucks on the internet. And those tokens are now transactable. You can actually buy and sell your token every day because it has a new value. That didn't exist you know, two years ago. It didn't exist last year. But today, I'll give you one example and there's plenty more. Lofty.ai. I'm not connected with them in any way. I'm briefly aware of them because they're in the San Francisco Bay Area. Lofty.ai, three times a week, buys a property in Cleveland, Detroit, or Memphis, and then basically sells that property within the, the, the next week as 4,000 tokens at four, five, 50 bucks each. And those tokens get snapped up like this. They're gone. I mean, I've tried for my mother-in-law to buy a few of them just you know, out of curiosity. They're 50 bucks, right? You get to learn a lot. They're gone. They're gone. So this company is able to do this completely legally today. There's three or four others doing it. You know what's interesting? I haven't seen one do it for multifamily yet. I think a lot of it is because most people like you and me right now have such an enormous equity pool that to us, it's actually more an irritation than anything else. But we're missing the boat, Victor. We're lazy because we have so much equity. You know, we send an email out, our, our, our stuff gets filled up. We're lazy because the, the companies are doing the exact same thing that we do, but they're tokenizing it 
all of a sudden their value is up in the billions simply because they're tokenizing what we already know how to do. Why? Because they consider the tokens to be liquid. They consider what we do to be completely illiquid. So we're not achieving valuations. We're simply off every VC's radar, even though 99% of what we do and what these people are going to do with tokenization is the same thing. It's about in, intrinsic value versus perceived value. I mean, it's just, it, it, what's, what's happening out there is just blowing my mind. This reminds me a little bit of 1998, 1999, when the dot communists were taking over Silicon Valley, and of course, they were defeated. So at what point is this not like Internet 1.0 selling pet food online and is actually adding real value? Because there, there is a little bit of an element of that, is there not? Yeah, there is. I think that, but there's also a liquidity event. So I think you and I both agree that there are significant benefits to most people concerned to make real estate more liquid. So I do think it's bubblish. I do think that it's going to have problems. But if you look at Internet 2.0, which is a profit-making, massive growth engine that we have today, it had to go through 1.0 and its boom-bust cycle to become what it is today. So if you look at the stock market, it went through stock market 1.0 in the 1929 bust. And then more legislation was put in, more regulations were put in. And so we had ended up with a slightly more stable stock market. And now it's becoming unstable again. But my point is, why would real estate be any different? When real estate goes from a liquid to a, a illiquid to a liquid asset class, there's going to be booms and busts on the way. There's going to be challenges on the way. But the long story is this. The companies that make it through that boom bust are actually worth a hundred times more than the real estate that they're holding. And that's simply not true of the syndication industry because we're not playing the tokenization game. We're not playing the liquidity game. We're missing out simply because we don't understand how VCs think. That's a valid point. That's a valid point because at the end of the day, being accessible to the masses certainly opens up a much broader market. Now, I would think that Wall Street would have a vested interest in not allowing that to happen because it would seem like a threat to them unless they embrace it and they decide that they're going to cannibalize their own business. Honestly, Wall Street didn't like how the stock market got commoditized either, and they, they placed restrictions in their way. But today, Robinhood is worth more than Goldman Sachs real estate division. It's worth more than Goldman Sachs and three other brokers divisions. Because in the end, if technology makes it easier for people to buy something, that technology will get adopted. It'll have things in the in the way that'll stop it. My point is, this is no different from when stocks were basically traded through apps. Before that, who traded stocks through apps? I mean, you had to call a stockbroker to buy stocks, right? The, the beautiful thing is with real estate, it happens faster because the apps already exist. I bet you there's going to be a new tab in Robinhood saying real estate next year. You tap there and you'll see 2,000 properties listed in your preferred cities, and you're just going to buy 50 bucks, 50 bucks, 50 bucks, or 500 bucks, whatever it is. This is absolutely inevitable, and this will have its own boom and bust cycle. But in the long run, I know what it means. Real estate has always made more money than stocks. The only reason stocks are not an alternative investment and real estate still, for some, is an alternative investment is because of illiquidity. You resolve the illiquidity, it is my belief that 10 years from now, there's going to be more real estate on stock exchanges than companies because now you've taken the 99% of illiquid real estate in the world that simply cannot be transacted and you've made it available. If you believe in climate change, you're right now buying farmland in Idaho. 
right? You're saying, you know what? Idaho is probably the best state in the United States when it comes to climate change issues. I'm going to buy farmland. I'm going to buy 30,000 acres of farmland. Who's going to fund it? Crowdfunding, basically tokenization, right? I don't want to use the word crowdfunding because tokens are transactable in real time. And that is both a actual benefit and a massive perceived benefit. So to be able to go and say, I believe in climate change, here's my website, I'm buying 30,000 acres of land in Idaho, and being able to have people invest 50 bucks at a time in it is a sea change because 99% of real estate in the United States is not transactable. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, basically, you're talking about removing resistance in the system, that friction in the system. And the closer you can get to frictionless, the more liquid your market. I think so. And in the long run, in the 10-year run, that's not good for people like us. Because the truth is, most syndicators exist because of the friction. The process of buying and managing and selling a multifamily is very high friction, extraordinarily high friction. And we benefit from that and we charge lots of fees for that. When that becomes commoditized, there's only two ways. There's, you know, you're going to go from having 10,000 syndicators in all the different real estate asset classes to having 100 companies that basically have direct hooks into the public in 10 years. So I think this is one of those bandwagons that you can't really afford to miss, even though you really don't like getting on this bandwagon. You're like, you know, I have direct access to my investors. Why do I want to go out and do this? The answer is you're going to be a dinosaur within five years if you don't do it. You're really talking about the transition from the corner store that was family run and, you know, there were hundreds of thousands of them and, and along comes Walmart and upends the industry by, in some sense, using economies of scale, not only to reduce friction, make it easier, make it cheaper. It's the quintessential race to the bottom. But not only that, what's been very distinct in real estate is we have not had that consolidation. We haven't had the market come down to, you know, two or three players or even in some cases, monopolies, like in some other industries, it's still a highly, highly distributed industry with millions of really, really successful players without it being consolidated. Exactly. People ask me, so what's going to be the big company that's going to be selling real estate in 10 years? My answer is Amazon. You will go in 10 years to Amazon. You'll plug in your city, you'll have a list of things, and you'll basically put them into your Amazon shopping cart and buy. I'm not, I'm not backing Robinhood. I'm not backing E-Trade. I'm backing Amazon because Amazon has something that neither one of these two companies have. They have the ability to also buy real estate. They have the ability to say, we're going to buy $5 billion of real estate here. So you look at where Amazon's money is coming from on the e-commerce side. It's coming from the Amazon Basics brand. They have an Amazon Basic brand. They sell you know, hundreds of thousands of items under that brand. It's enormously profitable for them compared to everything that else they're selling. Where They're just using everybody else to get people to their platform, and then they're selling them Amazon Basics. I think Amazon sells real estate in 10 years through tokenization. There's no reason why they wouldn't join that. There's no reason. They, it's too late for them to go to the stock market because there's already 50 companies that are ahead of them. But when I look at what Amazon is capable of and the fact that they can both buy land and dispose of land through an e-commerce portal, I think they're the big company in 10 years. That's a very interesting perspective. And certainly they have the ability because they know, I mean, they can come into the marketplace largely as an observer sitting on the sidelines. That's what brokers are. They're not a direct party to the transaction because they're a broker. And then they can decide what piece of it they want to take in-house. That's what they've done with the Amazon marketplace. They were brokering. 
Yes. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is mine. And then it's like, oh, I, I want a physical presence. I'll buy Whole Foods. They've now gone from being just a broker to being a player inside the marketplace. And now they're setting rules for the market, right? So they're they're buying, what, 30 malls a, a quarter, right? So they're they're now becoming an actual real estate consumer. I don't see how they don't continue that trend. The, the latest thing that you've seen on their website is now they're selling manufactured homes. So they're also now producing actual real estate, brand new real estate that didn't exist yesterday. They're producer of it. I think this is the way that it goes. I think tokenization is much bigger than most people give it credit for. And again, Victor, you and I have talked about the fact that the technology is nothing sexy. I mean, it's just blockchain and a bunch of stuff that you dump on there. It doesn't matter because the perception is a hundred times larger that this is the right time for real estate to become liquid. This is it. This cycle. Last cycle was everything else except real estate. We were the last industry that is left as being a pure illiquid. Why do you think that led us? I mean, there's there's lots and lots of people trying to make sure that real estate becomes liquid in this cycle. I think they're going to succeed. I love it. Well, Neil, fascinating conversation. I'm going to definitely look deeper into this following the, today's conversation. Uh, if folks want to learn more, if they want to get in touch, what's the best way? The easiest way is simply to Google my name. I'm the only Neil Bow on the internet. So just type in N-E-A-L, you know, space B-A-W-A, hit enter. You'll see all kinds of interesting stuff from me. I teach all kinds of webinars. I teach one for how to use virtual assistants. I have 18 virtual assistants. I teach one for how the banking system has completely worked the real estate market worldwide, not just in the, in the, in the U.S. So webinars like that are a great place to start your connection with me. Fantastic. Thank you, Neil. And for the listeners at home, definitely connect with Neil, Neil Bawa, N-E-A-L-B-A-W-A, or visit his company, growcapitus.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.